0: have a very special speaker, and uh, it's Brother Luke Williams, and we're going to have him come here tonight and uh, minister the word here. God bless. Let's say, everybody say, God bless, Brother Luke. God bless. Amen. Praise God. God bless him. Okay. You get the special mic. Maybe it's rigged or something. Hot mic. No. <laughs> Yeah. praise the lord everyone thankful for uh, another opportunity to feel the presence of the lord to be in his house just to know him and um, yeah, he makes a difference in our lives Has he made a difference in your life you know we weren't we're not who we used to be hopefully we were not if your religion you know and stuff don't change who you used to be you might want to check it but I know who I used to be in my religion my, my walk with God and things gave me a different perspective on life and I'm thankful for that I'm thankful to know him in this this hour that we're living here today I guess we got no monitor tonight but I'm going to minister um the best I can with what I can you know brought what the Lord sort of put in my spirit here tonight um I guess if I wanted to sort of teach or preach what I wanted to speak, I'd probably be, you know, victory is going to be mine or, you know, uh, there came a day, you know, Job's life or, or, you know, I'm going to take back what the enemy's taken from me, but I'm going to be speaking a little bit here tonight about unleashing the kingdom, unleashing the kingdom. This is the only thing that the Lord's been drilling in my spirit for about a month now. So hopefully I make sense of it and it. If I don't, and it seems about like 10 sermons compiled in one, just bear with me. Let me tell you what I feel like. This is the thought from the beginning, all right? I feel that there is a space in each one of our lives, whether or not it's before or after Christ, that we face, the enemy tries to come against us and steal our identity of what God says our life is supposed to be. And if we can make it through that test of time, we can be victorious and become what God would have us to be. But uh, that's, that's basically what my thoughts are going into this. So if I stay off base, that's what I meant to say here tonight. So Lord will in here tonight. But does anybody want to unleash the kingdom here on our earth? We see what the enemy's doing. You know, it ain't pretty. You know, he's not here to massage our shoulders and and do good things for our life. You know, he's got an agenda, and we got an agenda too. To to you know, touch lives, be a light, um, show them the way, and uh, walk with him and have a relationship with him and make a difference um, if we can tonight. Um, I got two scriptures here. If we can just. I don't know if you guys want to stand for the reading, you can sit, I know you reverence the word, whatever you want to do. So, Matthew 6, 9, and 10, it says, after this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. You may be seated. We do know this is a familiar passage in the scriptures of Matthew. Um, Matthew here and um, speaks of the Lord's prayer. It's actually a model prayer for us to pray that the Lord had given us. Um, his prayer was more so right before he ascended. In the book of John, it speaks about his prayer um, that he 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 prayed, but. We do want to see his kingdom come and we do want to see his will be done in this earth as it is in heaven. That's our desire. Uh, But in unleashing this kingdom, his mission must become our mission. The reason he came here and everything else has got to be the reason we're, we're, we're living for. We do know the agenda, like I said, in this world. We do need, obviously, the kingdom of heaven unleashed because the... The works of the enemy, his agenda, as John 10 and 10 tells us, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. So we can identify with that abundant life or we can allow the enemy to steal what the Lord said our life would be or can be. And his presence and his strength in our lives makes all the difference. His identity basically was challenged, even Christ, and I'm most certainly will say yours is going to be uh, yours is going to be challenged also. Um, if you want to fight the good fight, it definitely will be challenged. If you want to go the way of all flesh, before you know the enemy will probably leave you leave you alone. You're going the direction that he wants you to go. But when you decide to follow Jesus, when you decide to live for him, there's going to be some obstacles in the way, and he is going to try to change your identity. Regardless of which way you're going, I I do want you to identify the Lord has a true purpose for your life that brings true happiness, despite which life you would be living here tonight. I believe we're all Christians. We're in the house. I'm not trying to pick anybody out here tonight, but I'm just saying God has a purpose, whether people are disobeying that or not. Basically, from the very beginning, we do know it was the enemy's job that he came in. You know, Adam and Eve, they had the perfect little garden going on where God would have them to live and take care of the garden, you know, from the very first book of the Bible. And, um, you know, the enemy came to Eve, obviously, maybe being the weaker vessel, didn't understand the word quite as completely as she should have, because she fell for that, and didn't know the word correctly as she should have and the enemy tricked her and got her to think about the one thing that the Lord deprived them of rather than what God was keeping them from and uh, basically he says as you receive this you will you will become as gods See, he gave her a trick to say that he had an identity that was better than what God had given to them And that's the trick of the enemy upon each one of our lives, whether or not we think we're serving the Lord, we're walking in little harmony, and and we're just aiming for His identity in our lives. I knew we were doing the best we can, but I'm just saying, the Lord might have something different than what we're even looking at in our current will in our life for the true purpose in our lives. Um, You see, if He ain't in Matthew four, one through four. It's right before, basically, Christ's ministry began. In the book of Matthew, you you see the temptation of Christ, the satanic ifs. He was coming to Christ and trying to come to him to question his identity. It says, just before good things are going to happen, that's what I'm saying, sometimes the Lord's going to question your identity. 1 through 4 it says then was jesus led up into the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights that's an easy one no <laughs> he was afterward hungered and when the tempter came to him he said if thou be the son of god command that these stones be made bread but he answered and said it is written Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Hebrews 14, it says, For we have a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. You see, however, he received a revelation of who God said he was prior to this temptation. If we skipped one book back, I sort of got it in reverse here on purpose. If that don't confuse you all, I'll try to confuse you some more. Um, Matthew 3, 13 through 16, it says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan, unto John, to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me. And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. If you want to know why Jesus had to be baptized, it was because he came to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And 10 here, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I imagine this wasn't just a groupings of scripture when this went down. It was probably a pretty supernatural thing when Jesus was baptized. Hearing that voice of the spirit <laughs> and him and his human humanness sort of just allowing sort of some evidence to be sold about who he was. You see, this was probably the greatest revelation of that carpenter's son, Christ, which obviously I'm going to make some sense of that, that I am the son of God. What about our revelation when we understand that we are the sons and daughters of God? What can we do with our world when we realize that? We, don't, we, we shouldn't go into it and back down from the mentality that we don't have what it takes. If we got God's spirit inside of us and we got an understanding of who he says we are and what we can do with who lives inside of us, we can do some things with that. I'm telling you, it comes with a revelation of who, who God is in us. You see, this perspective that basically brings the kingdom is who he is not who we are not who we are we got to keep this in check you know we got to stay true to this message of the kingdom you know it's it's not something that just you can see in so much it's it's a powerful kingdom it's we become ambassadors to this kingdom representatives, but 1 Corinthians 4 and 20 us, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power, And power. So it's not just a word, head knowledge, but it's a power and an understanding of identity of who resides in here. And I believe in this hour, we need to allow that kingdom and apostolic authority, if we really have what we say we have, to affect our world. And to walk in that not just reside it behind these doors and, and get each other fired up when we got a whole, whole world to reach. Whole world to reach. Luke 12 and 48, it says, Whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. So obviously, receiving the power of God, if you want to walk in that, it's going to require quite a bit from your life to allow that spirit to lead when the flesh just tries to drive its way. But if you look how Jesus was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days, let me put this out here, you can take it any way you want, but you're only as able to do as much as you can do as you can drive the flesh away. The spirit can only do as far as you drive that flesh. He drove it pretty far in that wilderness He knew the word and he was able to push out. I believe this world, they got religion. They got some people with some walks, but are they seeing the power? Are they seeing people that's walking in the spirit and pushing that flesh away? That's what they truly need. They need this thing to be exciting and powerful and life-changing. Mystery of godliness, that's basically what this was. God becoming a man. The mystery of iniquity, with man trying to be a god, and the mystery of godliness. God becoming a man. He came in the form of man. The exchange of the kingdom. You see, this came at a price. God became that man. For we know in Colossians 2 and 9, it says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We obviously know it wasn't in them. That's how I look at that scripture. It wasn't in them. You know, the book of Deuteronomy says, "Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. There's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, one God above all, through all, and in all. I don't see where they're getting three, but we do have the message. We do have the revelation of who Jesus is. Philippians 2 and 7, it says, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and made in the likeness of men, of me. Identity, basically in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Obviously, Adam and Eve, they messed up from the very beginning. And the Lord was trying to work his kingdom work and his redemptive plan, despite failures from man, which we fail. He stepped out, put them here. They failed, but however, he had to raise up a Noah. He had to raise up an Abraham, an Isaac, and a Jacob. He had to keep the lineage and the seed of the righteous preserved so that uh, Obedom, David, the lineage of Jesse, and then David, and then Christ would come about in the in-housing of God in that virgin Mary mother that we could receive the kingdom, that we could receive something that would change our eternal fate. I'm thankful it was pretty extravagant plan if you read throughout your Bible on how he did all this. And he fooled the enemy even (laughs) himself. You know, he fooled the enemy even himself and took them keys away. I know I'm going sort of slow tonight, but... Basically, I believe the success of the kingdom is for is for the power to work the mission of Christ. This is my perspective. The power comes through the mission. In this time, obviously, there was a whole religious society of people, as Christ was doing his, his work, you know, about three, three and a half years there, there was a whole religious society that didn't recognize the kingdom. That's how mysterious it snuck through their eyes, even though there was all the prophecies out there. And they should have been able to recognize who it was, you know. But they did not. However, Christ, obviously, he he linked up with some disciples and became followers that changed our world. You see, they had everything figured out, this religious society. However, they were not turning their world upside down they didn't recognize the power of the kingdom because they were involved they were not involved in the work of the kingdom and didn't have a revelation of the treasure that was in the field it's in the field and that work needs to be unleashed to the field if we got that same power that lives within inside of us We can do this. You see, they had a pyramid mentality of using a base to lift themselves elevated. And that was against Christ's design. He brought heaven to earth. He came as a humble servant. They had a pyramid mentality. Maybe it was just too organized. I don't know. I ain't speaking against organizations, but... I'm speaking for souls getting saved with the truth. I'm getting for souls being brought into the kingdom, regardless of any organization. They had a failure to recognize the kingdom. It was never supposed to be a religion. It was never supposed to be a religion. It was supposed to be a life-changing experience. A life-changing experience. You know, it all starts with a revelation and a message. A revelation and a message of who Jesus is. Hopefully, we do understand that revelation and we do understand that message. I know the Bible says the Lord is not willing that any perish it was long suffering, not willing that any should perish, and, you know, and that all should come to repentance. That all should come to repentance. Matthew sixteen thirteen through 19, it says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Who do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, Some Elias, and others Jeremias, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? See, we got to get this revelation. He was talking to his disciples. Maybe they were even saying Elias, Jeremias, or John the Baptist. I don't know if they were. I mean, obviously here in 16 it says, Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Living God, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, upon this revelation of who I am, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever then shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. This sounds pretty powerful that the Lord sort of spoke up and told Peter that he had that revelation. And let him know that he was going to build his church upon him. You see, in the New Testament, this was the first time the word church was represented. The word church was represented here, the words. And uh, my church, he threw out a word that didn't really have a dictionary meaning so much, I guess to, so to say. But his church, the New Testament church, was Ecclesia, the called out ones. You see, he called out. He didn't handpick from the religious society that was working on pyramid mentality. Organizing everything to a matter that didn't have the revelation of the kingdom when it showed up. It was 12 disciples that he had to work with and show them what the kingdom looked like. He showed them what healing the sick and gave them the power to do that even before pretty well the Holy Ghost. They went around healing the sick. They become, you know, they were doing things in the kingdom. You see, the kingdom, if you think about it, is in power, not word. So when we walk amongst our world for full of God's kingdom, we see situations arise where the enemy's having a heyday. And that's an opportunity for the kingdoms to clash and for God to bring a victory through us. But if the enemy can strip us of our identity and the mentality of the authority of walking in that, he can continue to to gain that territory and destroy the lives so just understanding this kingdom concept i i believe it's a lifestyle that we must walk in there's a worthy cause we ain't got a whole lot of time left it's time to reach souls it's time to shake ourselves of everything maybe out of our comfort zone and see what god would have to say with our lives and his true purpose Preaching to myself. You see, but I believe in a way my church, they called them out and this and that. You know, they called them out. If we want to be that church, that location that he brought in, spoke that to his disciples, Cassari Philippi, it was a place, there was a cliff there, there was a water that ran out of the bottom and they believed the spiritual underworld was there and spirits would reside there during the winter and come back out. Um, it was a location that pagan gods and shrines were, were prayed and worshipped to. He took them to that location while he gave them this revelation that the gates of hell should not prevail against the church. It was even considered probably a red light district, if that's accurate information, that's what I got, So it was a very sinful and moral place, much like our world. If you think about the gates, they reside to bring safety to a city, the possession that everything in there gets to stay. But I'm telling you, the church is stronger than hell. We got the keys, we got the message, we got the revelation to break the door down and extract that which is rightfully ours. It's souls and lives and differences that only we can make. But I'm telling you, it's time for the church to be the church. It's time for the church to be the church. And I ain't targeting this message for any certain reason. This would be the same message if I preached anywhere right now or taught anywhere. But I'm telling you, there's some things going on. If the the enemy can strip us from our identity, the church ain't going to be able to be the church that it really truly needs to be with the power and authority. It concerns me, maybe not you, but when there's secular artists basically invited to our, holy, our, our organization to bring about, you know, whether or not jams or, or Christmas concerts or whatever else. I know it seems a little off the wall, but our identity, are we going to allow it to get stripped? This world don't have anything on anointed praise singers and teachers. That's what I've been taught. That's what I've been taught. And you see, I mean, they might have the most famous single that's out on the tracks, you know what I'm saying? That's out there. And we might sing them in our church song through the the spirit of worship and praise. But we can't entertain that. We can't accept that. Something rises up in me. Maybe I'm preaching to the choir here tonight on that, but I'm thinking the, the world and the spirit of the world don't belong in the church. We're called out from all that. There's nothing wrong with saving your anointing for God, but we don't have to reach for the world for entertainment. I see it even in conservative ranks. I consider myself conservative. The thing becomes more performance-oriented and crowd-gathering. They got lights and all this stuff to... to It's basically high performance Pentecost if they don't watch it, making up for the power. We need the real anointing. We need the real power. We don't need anything. I'll tell you what, you can entertain them in all you want, but I'm telling you, if you preach them in, they preach them in with the message of the revelation of who Jesus is, what it takes to follow Him. They won't be confused. They'll know what they need to do. That repentance was the message sort of of the kingdom. They introduced the kingdom. John was that forerunner, and that was his message. And that was even Christ's message. You see, these, I mean, we, this is, I don't know, maybe I'm just unloading here tonight. I'm not going to make a big vendetta about it. I'm not going to be apologetic, but it concerns me when I see conferences in that 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 are to reach out and strengthen our people of God. And that those that are bringing in the worship and stuff, it looks like ZZ Top's grandsons or something going on. And the lights and everything else. I'm not saying, that, you know, you can't have some things, but I'm saying we've got to keep the main thing the main thing. The presence of the Lord is what's basically needing brought to this world. <laughs> we should have a problem with that coming in. Preachers and young preachers blending in Hollywood into, into their messages instead of preaching against it. That's not what this world needs. But They need an environment. When they come to a place, when somebody reaches and struggles to bring somebody in, that there's an anointing and there's a power and there, there's an environment being read that they can receive the victory. It might only be one opportunity that that sinner has walking through the doors that would change their life. I'm about done with that. You can ease up on that. But we are called to be not like the world. Just because many things are legal nowadays, marijuana's legal, but it ain't helping our world. You know that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be a legalist up here. Anyhow, the Ecclesia is the called out ones. We got to create an environment for God to use and advance his kingdom through us. To unleash it. To unleash it. John 1, 1 John 2 and 15, it tells us, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I don't want to be basically, you know, as far as that, you know, as far, we just as a church, we're not going to be satisfied with the Ishmael revival when there's a true power, authority, and life-changing experiences for lives. Entertainment and things, they'll bring back people for entertainment, but the word of God and the truth Unadulterated word of God will keep them, and it'll go deep inside them and can make a difference. It can be contagious. The disciples' greatest challenge was basically the transition to Jesus with us, to Jesus inside of us. Jesus inside of us. Jesus inside of us. Inside of us. That's why got if we want Him to operate and move in us, we've got to guard ourselves. He's a holy God. We need to guard ourselves and walk in the Spirit so that we can have the authority when we come across situations that the enemy is going to be defeated, that things are going to happen outside the church doors that will be powerful for the victorings of the kingdom of God. And the church grows and multiplies in this. That's a good thing. Acts 2 and 38, obviously... That was Peter's revelation. The keys of the kingdom. This was the message that Christ gave him. It says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. We know there's no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. He had this revelation of who that was earlier on. For the remissions of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he went on to say, and this promises unto you and to your children and unto as many as of the Lord our God shall call. He did go on to say and tell them, save yourself from this untoward generation. They want to strip your identity. They want to change you and they want to make you something you're not. That way you won't have, the, have basically the force to be reckoned with to change things all around your life. We just heard last week, obviously he's probably a lot nicer about speaking about it than I am. I'm a straight shooter, but, you know, we can't be giving ourselves just to whether or not it's, you know, athletic sports, whether it's fishing our hobbies. Our lifestyle really needs in this last day to be aimed for souls. If we're preachers, if we're teachers, or, or we're just fired up saints, we need to get familiar with the Word of God. Maybe we can't, we don't have a Bible study chart, but we need to be looking to share this message. Yeah, we don't want to hit them over the head and tell them that they're horrible people. We want to tell them that they do have to repent, though. We don't want the Lord to save them in their sin, but from their sin, and take them to a place that they could not be without that Spirit residing within them. I'm not just saying something that sounds fancy. I reach for people more than what you see that come through these doors sometimes. I got one individual right now. He's been on house arrest for about 800 days. And uh, he don't have permission to come to the house of God. He's hooked on drugs. The enemy's got him. The enemy's at least, you know. It's a sad situation. I've been working on him. We've been doing online Bible studies. He needs it almost every day. That'll keep you busy. But, you know, the different things, he's not all there. But he's got a will and desire. He knows what's going on in our world. He knows some things that have been been stripped away from our country's identity. One nation under God. (laughs) You can't even bring your Bible to school no more. You know, You you can't do a lot of things. Things are getting stripped away from the identity of freedom and victory in our country, in our nation, in our world. I'm just saying, though, it's got to be a lifestyle for us. And it's not going to be the lifestyle that we want if we get sidetracked with so many different things. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. The love of the Father is not going to be in you. We can't be playing footsie with this world. We can't just be doing, entertaining ourselves with everything in this world, come in the house of God and, and think that we're going to you know, just jump out in prophecy, tongues, and interpretation. And speak what God wants to be said to the church. we got to sanctify and keep ourselves. And we might have a word for an unbeliever that things might happen more so than they do. I'm not saying they don't happen here. I'm not trying to badmouth this church or anything else. Obviously, my motives, the Lord knows them. I'd be speaking this same thing to a different church right now. It's not aimed here. But I'm telling you, it starts, with, it starts with the leadership. It starts with those in charge. that's instructing them. we got to get the burden to evangelize this world. We can't just bring them to the hot spot and make things so, so, comf- or so awesome and entertain them that they're going to want to serve the Lord and teach them all there. We get this fire like shut up in my bones. We get the Holy Ghost residing like it needs to be in our life. It is going to come out where we go. The people that we encounter, something is going to happen. The the kingdom of heaven is going to win. You know, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. We got to walk in force. I'm not trying to force you to do anything you don't want to do here today. This ain't all laws, but I'm telling you, if you want to walk in the spirit and pay the price, you'll get results. But we can't walk in the spirit. I understand that comes with love too. But we got to have a love for Christ more so than this world. I mean, there's needs that need to be met. You see, the religious society had all the rules and regulations. You know, they had so much of that. The Pharisees, they were so scriptural about everything. Say if there was a house burning down on Sunday, they, they wouldn't. It was work to go put it out and burn their neighbor's house down. You know what I mean? They were ridiculous. They stuck to that so much, you know what I mean? There's different things. I mean, they didn't believe in the... the, Obviously, they didn't recognize the kingdom, but they, they didn't believe in the resurrection. That's a big deal, a resurrected life. Anyhow, when Peter... Basically, what it comes down to, also, while I'm on this, I believe this is unleashing the kingdom the way. Take it or leave it, I'm getting this out of my system, and hopefully you'll receive it and know that I'm really serious about what I think it can do for this area and the church. First Samuel, I believe, 3rd, 4th chapter. If you just look at it later, I'm not going to read specifics. But obviously there was a battle going on. Um, and the disciples or the, the Philistines were against Israel. And Israel was getting whooped. I think 4,000 people died in this battle during that. And then there was Eli, Hophni, and Phiniai. And the ark pretty well was taken through that. That was latter. If we jump back though, the, the, the war that was before that, uh, anyhow, third chapter, I believe, the elders, they were getting whooped. They desired to call for that ark. They desired to call out that ark as an instrument of power and of help and seeing this thing turned around. However, when they turned to that power, when they turned to that power, and they brought it and they had a shout in the camp, they brought it and they had it, but it didn't do them no good. I don't know if they had the Levites bring it out, but I'm telling you, the Levites represented a lifestyle of dedication for the temple of God. We can't serve two masters. If we, it, it ain't restrictions, it's a blessing to know that there's a place in God that we can go, that we put him first in our life and it can affect lives so much more so. But, you see, it was not a blessing for them in times prior when their their relationship with Christ was right. And it was to him first. There was victory. There was territory being taken. These things were happening. You see, it became a curse to the enemy. Obviously, they had to send back trespass offerings. They wanted to get rid of that. But there wasn't no new way. It was for them, them priests. Mechanical instrumentally instrumentality was not what was going to move the ark. They tried to put it on a new ark, or a new cart. But it was the will of God always to have the priests bear this thing upon their shoulders. To bear it upon their shoulders at a lifestyle, dedication, and respect of the power. And it would bring the victory. And it would bring the victory. I'm, I'm sure I don't have all this together tonight, but I'm just saying. What a price Christ made coming down from Glory Land to bring us salvation in the kingdom. Let's just check ourselves and wonder if we're really putting the kingdom first. If we're really putting the kingdom first, do we got a distaste for this world if we're putting the kingdom first? And a love and a reaching hand to reach the lost also. I mean, I sit through Bible studies and I got people chain smoking that don't don't even need a lighter. They got marijuana over another part of the room. One house I go to, it's probably a, a temple or something, you know what I'm saying? It's a bad environment. It's the gates of hell. It's demons all over the walls and ceilings. Sin has been loosed there. There's places that we go that we got to do people chores to even get them interested in what we have. Does our love go there? To take them to the shower house because they don't have run water. To go do their laundry. To sit down with them and talk them through hopelessness and suicide our kingdom needs to go there i know that ministry ain't for everyone does does our does our kingdom does our call our burden for god does it if a situation arises do we cancel our holiday do we put our easter morning aside our after church agenda and we go minister to somebody for 3 hours that's strung out on drugs, that needs to know the way out of that situation. Let them know there's a better way. It's gonna cost our time, it's gonna try our covenant relationship with Him. I'm not trying to play pastor here tonight, I just, this is me. Disregard, listen to Him. This is how I'm going to live my life. But I'm telling you, it'll bring the kingdom. It'll bring the kingdom. I'm not talking about being merciful, I'm not talking about them giving them too much too quick. But I'm telling you, what I've noticed the trend is I can tell them, because they know my life, how I feel about different things in the world, and they don't get offended. It's usually those that have justified things and changed things. Sad but true. We need to bring this kingdom and unleash this kingdom. A lot of important stuff goes down in the house of God, but it's our lifestyle in between Sunday and Wednesday and Wednesday and Sunday. It's what we feed ourselves with, the word of God or not just televisions being a bad thing. I think they're horrible, but that's just me. I know there's good entertainment on some things if you really want to find it. Just like our phones, which can be a curse too. It can be a blessing and a curse. But I'm just saying, if you really, truly want to walk in the Spirit, you can't entertain yourself with murder, rape, all kinds of sexual immorality and expect this hurting world to receive what you have if you're not living it. It's a lifestyle. It's not a hard lifestyle. It's a lifestyle that, that brings, if you look at the, you know the disciples, Peter, he brought the message. They crucified him upside down. They chopped several of the other ones' heads off. They threw one off the cliff. They tried boiling one, the only one that lived, put him out on an island. Obviously, John wrote Revelation. There's many ways they die. And if we want to be disciplines, if we want to be disciples, if we want to be consecrated to the call of God and really see things happen, I don't believe it's just organizing a bunch of ministries to do. I believe it does take that. But I believe as you live a lifestyle, that situations will rise. That the Lord can trust you enough because he is a jealous God, that he knows you're making the decisions along the way because he keeps good records that I can trust you to bring this person your way and you're going to be walking in the spirit and I'm going to give you a word that's how we unleash the kingdom from my perspective I'm going to repent tonight the Bible says you know obviously uh, the last scripture I read about repentance even Christ spoke this at the end of his message and talked about repent It says, from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. For the kingdom of God is at hand. That's why it's such serious business. We see what's going on in our world right now. I don't literally believe that we got too much time. The enemy's even got some of my family, he's got a lot of them confused. A lot of the souls are in jeopardy. My friends, the different ones that's fallen away, even for false truth. Eternity is too long to live without God. They need that kingdom unleashed. They need to see the kingdom through our lives. We owe it to them. We owe it to them. Lord, I pray tonight, Jesus. I know that's a sobering message, Lord. As far as the way, Lord, the kingdom, I believe, Lord, that you put within my spirit. Not just a wild idea to target people in our church and to, and to look.